Hi, and welcome to I Hear You, the podcast hosted by me, Priya Galidas. In this series, I'll be talking to inspiring individuals about life, career, and culture. On today's episode, I am joined by a singer-songwriter who has been touted as one to watch by Ireland's legendary pop culture magazine, Hot Press. It's Jesse Young. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> Hello, how I'm are you great. doing? Great. Now, I remember hearing your single Wilderness and I thought, oh, this track is a mood. I loved it. In actual fact, I got a first play in the studio when you um, were recording it, um, produced right. by our mutual friend, Jungle Boy. Very Madonna-esque. Thank it, you. It just reminded me of her like Ray of Light era. It was, it was so epic. But I just wanted to know, when was the pinnacle moment when you realised that you wanted to be a singer-songwriter? I think, you know... Sometimes I bring it down to this like one moment I had in the living room with my sister. Um, We had both, we'd all been going through this sort of family sort of breakdown and both of us looked at each other and we were like, I'm so unhappy. And, (laughs) and at the time I was doing the usual kind of nine to five stuff and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't bad at it. It just didn't really like fill me up. You know, it just didn't light me on fire. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply to acting school and music school and whichever one accepts me first, assuming that one of them does, um, I'm going to go. That's it. And she was like, yep, I'm going to go and do whatever it is that she wants to do. And the first one that came back to me was BIM in Brighton. And so I literally packed my bags and that was it. You know, and then in other ways, I see it as like a very gradual thing. I was always a poor performer as a kid. I was always a mimic. I was always writing plays, acting them, writing music, but very, very shy. And so it took me a really, it took, it took crisis really to get to the point where I, I thought I'm not living my truth and I have to go and find that what's true to me. And how did you break through that? Because that isn't easy, especially if you are someone who is shy and, you know, and, and probably finds it difficult to perform in front of an audience, but then you have this like burning desire to perform and you've also got this talent that you want to share. How did you break through that? Over time, it was a case of growing my own confidence and my own faith in myself and and ability because I really believe that humans, human potential is limitless. It's just whatever we decide to do and then act on it. And I guess you know, I had a lot of like personal stuff to work out. I had a lot of, you know, difficulties to kind of like iron out. And, and as I did that, and as I found that I could really fix things and heal myself and, you know, come out the other side, I realized, wow, it really is limitless. Like if I can do this, what else can I do? And so what can I do with music? And I think, I really think that music, especially when you're shy is a case of like, growing, building your inner confidence and your inner faith. Really, you can only do that by action, by not being afraid of screwing it up, by not being afraid of people not liking it, just going, you know what, this is a gift for me. And then let's just see how far I can take it and committing to that process of always being better than the previous day. Now, you sort of talked about a little bit there that, you know, that you you were going through some difficult times growing up. And that was kind of the, I guess, the moment where you decided that you needed to get out of that and you you moved from Ireland to London (laughs) 
Yeah. Which wasn't an easy journey, was it? No, it's they're culturally very, very different in in lots of different ways, and also just the amount of people that are in London. <laughs> like, there's you can fit like you know whatever how many times Ireland's population in that city, and it was definitely overwhelming. And I, I, I think I was just flying blind, man. Like I just had no idea what I was doing. I was just doing it, and and I guess you you're going from like the peacefulness of the countryside to like the craziness of one of the biggest, most metropolitan, most multinational uh, cities, you know, on the planet. So it was definitely, definitely a big change. And how did uh, London culture influence and impact you, especially as an artist? Oh, hugely. I, I think that London has impacted and the people that I've met on this journey have impacted the the writing and the, and what I listen to and what I consume so much because you know, in Ireland, we have our own little microcultures and they're beautiful, but, you know, London just, it's almost like plugging into the entire world and all different kinds of spectrums of people and identities and ideologies and experiences. And I mean, we've both spoken about this before that the music business and the music industry in England is just so like rich in culture and sound. And it's just that the Brits have this thing with music and being exposed to that was, I guess, really like powerful. Your family have a really amazing amalgamation of cultures uh, from Irish, Italian, Russian. Um, have they influenced you <laughs> in any way also in terms of your art? You know, my immediate response was going to be not as much as everyone that I've met and everything that I've experienced since moving to the UK. But, um, but I would say that growing up in a Catholic church choir and, you know, choir practice in the weeks and church every Sunday, I would say, you know, that, and also, you know, the music that we had on vinyl, like, you know, rock and, and blues and country and, and opera and classical, you know, I think that that has of course left its mark, but I do feel that I found my own voice outside of that and that I needed to as well like my own identity so I suppose both <laughs> if that answers it how difficult was it though just coming well coming to the UK coming to London as a young woman from Ireland breaking away from the identity of what your I guess your family had expected you to be or become was there any part of you that was nervous about or terrified about doing that and breaking away from the norms of of growing up in Ireland and and the expectation from your family and and especially when you're trying to break into the creative industry what was how was that what was the response from your family with regards to that you know it's so like it's such a multi-pronged like it's sort of there's such there's such an answer to that like there's so many different things that I could say I think that our cultural and our family of origin identities inform so much that most of the time we're not even aware of it. On the journey from healing from, you know, a lot of, you know, difficulties with mental health and like relational trauma to kind of really finding my, my solid ground. Like, I think that that has enabled me to have the, it's, it's given me more strength to kind of step away from anything that anyone expects me to do and completely into the place where, you know, I'm going to do what I think is right with kindness and with love and, and go forth. But I mean, 
I would say that there's resistance sometimes, like my mom still sometimes makes comments about the tattoos or the nose ring or, you know, when I was dating before my current relationship, when I was dating women, you know, there'd be comments about it that she can't keep up and it's <laughs> she doesn't understand or whatever. But I suppose at the same time and in the same breath, you know, eventually maybe families and maybe mine came to kind of just accept Jessie's just super quirky and she's just going to do her and and as long as she's happy, that's cool. And and that's nice, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't prevent, you know, it doesn't stop that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like this is so, it's so like far left of field to like how I grew up, you know, being conditioned to like experience and see the world and, you know, the expectations and you go to university and you get your degree and you make good grades and you, you know, you like you compete in professional sports, like horses or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like the identity that's wrapped up in that. And, and sometimes I guess, sometimes to me, I think like a little bit of, I don't dare I say the word like elitism or like the identity around prestige, which just doesn't matter when you think about just being a good person, you know, none of that stuff matters when you, when you break it all away. So that was also, I think all of those things and being in the UK and being surrounded by all different kinds of people and experiencing their their journeys that had similar themes to mine but were completely different and and stuff I think that really helped me to kind of just just find my own center amongst all of that you're really vocal on social media with regards to mindset self-love your values relationships why do you think it's important to be honest on social platforms and where did you find that freedom to to express because not everybody finds that easy because you can you can speak honestly amongst your friends about your opinions and your thoughts but I feel like you're very good at just kind of airing your stuff out on social media dependent on your mood and how you're feeling which I think is a really good thing because I think people can really relate I guess I see it as two different in two different chapters there was the chapter before three years ago when I was almost sloppy about social media and how and what I expressed because I had a sort of a lack of a self-awareness and was still kind of very like, you know, tense and stressed and, you know, anxious. And so I think that the, the people might've received my messages like, wow, she's expressing all this stuff. But really, I think that I, I wasn't, I don't think I was great back then at compartmentalizing maybe what was not necessary for me to express or what felt like maybe like it, it wasn't appropriate for people to know me like that. And I think that's the fine line in social media. It's like, we all want to be honest. Like, I think I heard you say the word honest and straightforward so that people aren't under any misconceptions about the world. And so that mental health doesn't continue to deteriorate globally. But then at the same time, it's also about, well, how much, you know, into our private worlds do we really, how far do we want to let people? And I think I learned some very hard lessons um around that time of that not everybody gets to be let in and I found that difficult I actually became more mute on social media afterwards because I I was struggling to understand like how do I express what's true to me without making myself vulnerable to people going well we know her vulnerabilities we know where her chinks are and that was like it was a really difficult thing to try and learn but I'm grateful that I learned it and you know, in terms of the confidence or the strength to, you know, express my opinions, I guess I see it as two different things. One being that I use social media as a platform to try to express 
myself the best way that I can because it's great to self-express almost like therapy or or whatever and also I do have strong opinions I think I remember you using the word defiant about me once (laughs) and I was like yep (laughs) I can be extraordinarily defiant and I think that a part of me is like there's so much information out there that's like feels so kind of like false or kind of misrepresented and maybe I'm misrepresenting it god knows but I have very strong opinions the more I go into healing the stronger my opinions get remembering at the same time of course that it's important to allow ourselves to to evolve and to change our minds at any given time based on new information rather than this is my identity and this is what I believe and I'm never going to change it like that doesn't help anyone have you come across any setbacks with regards to that in terms of the industry and and who you wanted to be in as an artist how have you found that as a woman navigating other people's opinions and cynicism because let's be real like people are very cynical and they've always got something to say whether it's to do with your look or your age I know that you've I mean as a young woman you've even had to deal with ageism which is ridiculous Oh yeah. No, I've had lots of comments either to my face or about other artists who are a similar age to me. And because I'm no longer in my twenties, disclaimer, I'm like past it or I'm never going to make it. And I just think that's just such bullshit. Like I think it's anyone can do anything at any age, like anything, you know, like I said, we're limitless. And I believe that the people who impose those limiting beliefs on others are simply projecting their own limitations. I'm like, like, yes, like, Amen. <laughs> 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 I suppose what it really comes down to for me is the more I know myself and the more I reinforce my true essence to myself and I guess to the world the less I care about anything that anyone has to say about my age or, you know, where I come from or how I look. And it's just, you know, because in the end of the day, it's it's all down to you, right? Like, it's just you out here swimming along, you know, trying, trying to have a nice life, trying to learn, you know, how to really gracefully enjoy the beautiful life that has been, you know, gifted to us. There's a lot of people that will probably be listening that would find that really difficult just to live, and they do, to live their authentic truth and actually defy living the societal norms and social norms that we are so conditioned. What would you say to those people? I would say that I started to feel like I started to feel like, you know, like the opposite of when people say the higher you fly, the harder you fall, the harder you fall, the higher you fly. And I think that when you experience difficulties in life, you know, the depths, the depths of that pain often informs how hard you're willing to work to to come out the other side and, and how you then live your life afterwards. And I guess I would say to anyone who's like kind of sitting there going, I know what I need to do. And I, I know that there are things that I want to achieve. And I know I'm not happy in this place that I'm in. I would say like choices to live your truth, because I, I think you are, you've heard this from me yesterday when we spoke that my coach recently said to me, stop telling yourself that you can't control the things that you control. He was like, you're in control. Stop saying that you can't. And it was like, I knew it, but a light bulb went off and I was like, oh yeah, of course. And I really think that that applies to everyone. I think we can all be in the most unbelievably difficult 
circumstances and feeling like the odds were literally up against the wall, like, you know, no bullets left and we're being fired at. And, and it just comes down to that one decision in the end. Like, am I going to live through this and fight through this and like thrive in the end? Or, or am I going to give up? And for me, the thought of giving up was just way too painful. I was like, no, absolutely not. I didn't just go through all of this to give up. That's not happening. I feel like if we all lived our truths, maybe we'd all be a bit happier. Maybe we'd stop tearing each other down as much and stop projecting our BS onto other people. And I think we need a lot more of that these days. Yeah, we definitely do. I mean, we've known each other for three years now. And I've seen... I've seen your journey in the past three years to the woman that you now are and you're ever evolving and growing as we all are. Uh, you hope that we do. And, you know, you've, you've really had some really difficult times. You, it's like, as you said, you've like had been in the, I'd say been in the dark. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Like dark night of the soul. Right. Yeah. You've risen and you're now shining and you've also got a beautiful relationship with somebody who you also met during the time when I met you. Like, again, it's one of those things where you, at the time, I feel like a lot of people would go through what you've been through and really struggle to see the light. But somehow you manage to see the light and to get out of the dark. Are we going to cry now? Thank you. <laughs> I feel a bit I tearful. mean, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I feel a bit emotional. Just, I well, love just you. because, like, I, I think especially with things like social media and you are very honest and open, but you know, there's obviously stuff that you don't talk about because you don't need to, but when you really know somebody and you know, you've heard what they've been through, I have such admiration for you because to see where you are now is just incredible. And you know, there's still a journey to go and you've got like lots of things in the future that I know that you're planning and lots of amazing goals, but this podcast is also about inspiring others, you know, and I want, people to know that it's everyone has their journey and it's not always easy what would you say were sort of the the kind of defining moments for you there was a number of years where I I couldn't see any light I think that I was you know really trying but really failing <laughs> it was like I'd be going in one direction and the universe would be like nope and I'd be like what do you mean I'm trying so hard it was it was such a process but I suppose the defining moment is the the events of three years ago which you know very well and there were a few individuals yourself included who showed me so much kindness and they they didn't necessarily really know or you know know enough of me to even necessarily be like oh like here's some kindness but um I remember our mutual friend Jungle Boy saying to me I said something like oh thank you so much for being kind you know whilst I'm going through this and he said no it's basic human decency and it just stuck with me you know I remember thinking oh of course because we can actually be basically kind to all human beings, regardless of their situation. And we don't have to like stamp them down or ignore them or, you know, be cold just because they're going through something. And I think it it kind of lit me up a little bit being around all of these amazing people. And, you know, but I really did struggle to see the light. And And I guess it got to the point where, you know, I tried all the drugs I tried the hospitals. 
I tried different kinds of relationships. <laughs> I tried different jobs. I tried different cities, countries. I, I really threw everything at the wall. Nutrition, psychology, <laughs> biohacking. I was desperate. Um, and I guess, I guess one day I had a very, very severe wake up call and that was it. I just thought I can never, ever, ever put myself in this situation again. And I will never. And, and it, it, I think a fire got lit in me where I never wanted anyone to have to go through it. And I don't know, it's like, I, maybe, maybe, maybe I always had a level of defiance and somewhere that got lost in the kind of maelstrom of, early life and teenagehood and early adulthood. And then one day it was like, I needed this super dark event to like light that fucking fire and me be like, okay, I'm ready. I can't even describe it any other way than that, but it, it has been a process. And I really think that you have to commit to that process. It's like, what do you want from your life? What do you want from yourself? And what do you want from other people? and your relationships and like commit to that you know like don't take any I remember before when I met my current partner who is just the best thing that ever happened to me and I told him about this philosophy that I had about relationships and that I'd learned from another very successful couple that I admired and I said that it's about daily actions and I want somebody to treat me in a certain way and I want to be able to treat them in a certain way and I want there to be love. And if it ends, I just want us to have had the best time and leave better off, you know, like you're better, I'm better, nobody loses no matter what happens. And that's, in my opinion, that's true kindness and respect and love. There's no like, I'm taking the house and you're taking the dog or do you know what I mean? It's just like, let's just leave this with kindness. And I said to him, it is only going to take one person to believe in my opinions. I don't need everyone to like agree with me. I just don't. I agree with me. And I'm going to fight for that. Like just, I'm just going to fight for it. And, and I, and I also recently, he sent me a message, a voice, a video, and he, he was away on a trip and he just messaged me. I am so proud of you. And I can see you out here, you know, doing your best and everything. And I remember thinking, damn, like we created that. And, and I said to him, do you remember what I promised to you when we first got together? And he said, yeah, that you would always, always be working and always be, you know, stepping it up. And I said, yep, <laughs> that's damn right. So I just think if you have a vision for your life, commit to it, put the blinkers on, ignore everyone. You know, there's going to be pain. There's going to be pain in the good times and there's going to be lots of pain in the bad times. It doesn't change, but you change. And also we are living in a world where lots of people are hyper-independent. And there's one thing to be, you know, a successful, independent, defiant woman, but sometimes other people can find that quite intimidating. And I guess your partner could have found that intimidating because you, you, you were very defiant about the things that you wanted and the way you wanted to be treated. But I think there's so many people who struggle to really commit to relationships now because of this hyper-independence. I feel like you and your partner have created a really good balance of kind of focusing and hustling for what you want, but actually coming together and really supporting each other. And I think more people need to know that you can be ambitious and independent, but actually there's something so wonderful about, you know, being in a partnership with someone who can really support that. No, it's true. I mean, you can you can create 
any kind of life that you want. It's just a question of willpower and action and a lot of self-education. And I mean, I guess the thing is, when I hear when I was hearing you speak about like the process and the hyper independence and, you know, how you how you view my relationship, what was coming up for me was this thoughts of it it takes balance and it takes daily work and balance doesn't mean that it's equal and everything is all perfect and lined up like you know the perfect fridge or whatever it takes like you know negotiating like i think that all relationships require you know nearly daily weekly monthly negotiation and the other thing is is like you know these closest relationships are the things that either like light us on fire or you know burn us alive type of thing like you know it can go one of one of two ways and like why be complacent about which way it can go why not give it your best shot with the right person recognize the traits in someone that you want to see and that you want to embody and go at it together almost like it's a business like I wouldn't want to think that I would work on my businesses or music or anything else that I would work on in my physique, for example, in my life. And then like, just bring home the dregs to my partner. Like he doesn't deserve the best of me. He deserves the same level of energy that I commit to each of those different things. And that's not easy to like figure out, like it gets stressful. There's hormones, there's, you know, there's grief, there's loss. There's also like, you know, for me, it was really difficult to find secure attachment again after years of, you know, a lot of kind of, you know, difficulty in that space. And so it, it became like a, like a project, like it's just daily work. I see how wonderfully balanced your relationship is, even though individually you're both really ambitious and you've got certain goals that you really want to achieve. And I think for some people, they just are single-minded about that and don't think they can be in a relationship. Yeah, I guess, you know, it doesn't have to be that I can be this like independent, like I, I love building these businesses. I love creating music. I love collaborating and I love going out and smashing my physique goals. It's not like easy, but it's like, it's the life that I want. So I have to be willing to work for it. Like are you willing to do what is required in order to achieve the visions that you have for yourself? If you're not willing to do what's required, cool, be happy with it and stop tearing other people down on social media. But if you're not happy, stop tearing other people down on social media and bitching and gossiping and just commit to yourself, just go for it. And, you know, I think people don't know like what they want or who they are. And that plays a lot into it. You know, there's so many different like confusing things going on, but like find who you are like find who you are and decide what it is you want. And don't think it's too crazy or delusional. It's not because when you realize your dreams, you'll be like, wow, I felt delusional in the beginning, but here we are. And you know, like it's a balance. I can be, I think the beautiful thing about human potential is that we can be anything and we can be a lot of different things and wear a lot of different hats if we figure out boundaries and how to manage the energy so i can be the soft feminine fluffy woman that he loves who wears dresses and cooks him breakfast and you know makes him feel loved and supported as a man but at the same time i can also then put on my other hat and be like love you baby have an amazing day at work i'm off to smash it you know, if he was the kind of guy that was threatened by that and insecure and was like, oh, I don't want you out doing that. Da, da, it's like, sack him off, man. Like he's not, he's never, ever going to love you the right way because he's just jealous or insecure of this. Like find the people who are like secure and who are working on themselves. And like, you know, it's just going to be like, I see you. I recognize it. I see the hustle. I see the hard work. Let's go. 
And that's just about boundaries. You've just got to see like the people that are just like out there complaining about everything and just be like, okay, cool. Well, with respect and love, you're just not for me. And you know, that's it. I had to learn that. I had to learn it all of the hard ways that I wish I didn't, but I did. You know, you mentioned working on yourself, which has feels like it's become a big part of what I see on social media. There's lots of information about how to do that. And I know you said to me that even your dad is on a healing journey. Our parents' generation are not necessarily known to be, to work on themselves. They are who they are, you know, they have, they sort of live out, learnt behavior. And I guess we have to kind of deal with the impact of that. But it's so great when, when you told me that your dad is actually on a healing journey and he's kind of understanding that there's certain things that he needs to work on. So it really does apply to any age that you can start that journey. Any age, there's no, I think the only thing that holds, well, I think one of the big things that seems to hold a lot of people back is like, you know, they've just gotten so used to being comfortable. And and that is unfortunately what can create a weaker society than than the potential that we have. It's fine if you're comfortable, actually. I mean, it's completely fine. It's just that what I tend to see And it's not a universal law because nothing is necessarily. But what I tend to see is the people who kind of stay in the comfort zones and don't, you know, work through their fears and, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. That that great um, book and all that, you know, that those ideas is that those end up being the people who are like tearing you down, filling you with doubt, being unsupportive, like bitching about you behind your back. Like so the, the maths to me is you're not happy because you're living in a comfort zone because it's comfortable, but not because it's good for you. Because maybe you don't want to use, you know, that energy to like change. And I understand it. We have like a primitive brain that is an energy saving machine and it just wants us to like, you know, just eat lots of food and sleep. But like we have a prefrontal cortex and we have a whole world of opportunity out there, you know. We definitely do. So from your dark pop days from when I first met you you've kind of now (laughs) moved away from that and you're making new music that represents where you're at now which is where happy light fluffy determined (laughs) defiant (laughs) joyful defiant (laughs) AF I love that can't touch this yeah it's a very different vibe I would say that it's like upbeat I would say it's upbeat pop, but I lean towards like slightly left of like central pop. I just find it just more interesting and you can kind of play around a lot. Um, so yeah, my, the singles that I'll be releasing this year are, you know, they're kind of fun and they're defiant, but they're, they're just happier. I, I think I got to the point where I was like, I, there was a stage where I was like, I really want to express all my dark energy. And it was like, okay, cool, whatever. But, you know, go on with your bad self or whatever. But I really honestly, like, remember thinking, like, I don't have to do that. I can leave that behind. Like, I actually don't want to think about, like, not avoid it, but I just, I don't want to live in that. I want to live in a different place. So I'm just going to make music that, like, represents it. And I don't care if it's, like, foreign to me or if I don't fully understand it yet. And then as I got through the sessions, I was like, oh my God, I can make this. This is great. (laughs) And I was like, we can do anything. So you've gone from dark to light musically. Dark to light. As well as personally. And 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 spiritually. spiritually. I love that. (laughs) Well, 
Jesse, thank you so <laughs> yeah. much. It's been so great talking to you. Um, thank you so much for being thank on my you. podcast. I hear you because I definitely hear you. Thank you so much for having me. And I have so much love for what you're doing. So just very proud of you. Thank you to Jesse Young for being with us today. And thank you for listening to I Hear You, the podcast hosted by me, Priya Kalidas. Keep listening for more episodes and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Huge thanks to Pineapple Audio Production for producing the series. And I will see you next time.